The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And we are set to uh, to launch it for another evening. Uh, welcome to it. It's uh, John Schools here and joining me from San Fierro to Mark and LLP. John Pickus will be doing all the uh, the answering of the questions here tonight. Uh, an opportunity for you over the next half hour to grab that phone, talk to us, make that active. It's, uh, you know, no dumb questions. We're always open for anything when it comes to employment rights, workplace rights, employment laws. A lot you don't know, so there's a lot to be answered here right now. Email, which we're going to get to hopefully a little later on in the show, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for all other concerns online, you simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Everything you need to know about working notice of termination, that's coming up shortly. But first, the case of the day. What's going on your end, Johnny? What do you got, pal? Well, there's a lot going on, John, because uh, there's well a lot of companies trimming back right now. A lot of companies preparing uh, for maybe some uh, some belt tightening, as it were, uh, over the next year or so. Um, so, hearing a lot from people who are not just losing their jobs, but having a lot of time, a lot of trouble replacing them. Uh, so, anyone who's listening, who who has someone uh, they know uh, in their family or their friends who's in that situation, that's certainly what we're here to talk about, or anything related to the workplace. And the case of the day that I want to talk about is actually a little bit of a different situation, because today I want to talk about someone who came to me after some changes were announced to their job. So this is someone who worked as a sales manager for about 14 years and was earning a pretty significant salary and a bonus. They also managed about 10 reps across Ontario, and and I mean actively managed them, right? They didn't just supervise them. They did their annual reviews, had discretion on awarding them bonuses, uh, was involved in hiring and firing, and could independently make decisions about that. Well, about a week ago, uh, this person was called to the VP's office. And the VP told him, you know what, we haven't really been super happy with your performance lately. And one of the sales guys who you're managing is really showing up. So we're going to switch the two of you. You're going to go to his role and he is going to go to your role. But then they said to him, don't worry, because for the next 12 months, we are going to guarantee that you will earn the same compensation that you did last year. The same thing, same salary, same bonus, absolutely fixed. And after that 12 months, you'll go to straight commission. So there's nothing to worry about. Now, this is important because if all they had done was announced the change to his compensation and said that's going to take effect a year from now, and they gave him one year's notice that his compensation was changing, there may not have been a huge claim by way of severance because they, they would have got credit for that. But because, as we're going to talk about later today, uh, employers can give working notice of termination, the same applies if it is a constructive dismissal. But in this case, the employer made some really humiliating changes that, that this person really could not be expected to tolerate. Not only, not only was this person losing his position, but his direct reports and his managerial responsibilities, uh, that would typically be enough for a constructive dismissal. But this is someone who is going to have to report to the same person that was reporting to him, right? And work alongside people who were previously reporting to him. And that was just a completely unreasonable situation. And the courts recognize that this is not something that someone should have to tolerate, you know, as if it's not contemplated that they would have to do that. And typically, that's not something that is contemplated. 
So we're going to be negotiating severance for this person. He's going to treat it as a constructive dismissal. And, and really, can you blame him, right? Yeah. You know, by my estimation, this is someone who could be entitled to up to about 14 months of his pay, of his pay. Very strong candidate for constructive dismissal. But the important thing here for people who are listening is that he came to me to speak about it and did not wait until after the change happened. Very important lesson. You know, if he came to me a day, a week, a week and a half after the change had happened, no problem. We can probably still deal with it. But if he came to me, you know, a month or two months after the change took effect, there may not have been very much that we could do about it because the law may have seen him as being, uh, having accepted those changes, acquiesced to those changes, as we call it. So when these things happen, you don't just need to act. You need to act quickly, and you need to make sure you do it with legal advice. And again, 416-870-6400 is how you uh, join us here on air. We'd love to get your calls on. We'll get to Andre before we slide into a break. Andre, what's going on with you, pal? Hi, how you doing? Good evening. Thanks Good, for taking man. my call. So yeah. um, long story short, I am an HVAC apprentice. And um, I was hired by a company for two years and had no bad relations with the company. I was one of their best employees. And um, about a year and a, two months ago, I got in a debilitating, debilitating car accident oh. and it kept me from going to work. And about four to five months after my accident, my employer notified me that they were terminating my, uh, my services. And, um, okay. Yeah. So, and, and Andre, this was a not, this was a non-unionized job. Non-unionized. Correct. Okay. Okay. Sorry, go on. And in all fairness to them, they did say, Hey, um, after they fired me, <laughs> um, you can get your job back at any time. But you know, the one bad thing is that they took my apprenticeship away and the rules in the apprenticeship game is you can only have one apprentice for one uh, mechanic and they weren't getting any more mechanics in anytime soon. And just when I needed uh, all my benefits for my therapy and my eyeglasses and massage, I know I didn't have that for my ongoing therapy needs. And this is mm-hmm. why they really put a thorn uh, in my side. Came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, the interesting thing is that typically an employer can uh, suspend group benefits uh, during a leave, but the termination is problematic. Now, Andre, about how long had you worked for them? I had worked for them so, at that point, almost two years to the day, something like yeah, around two years. And about and how much did they offer by way of severance? They didn't offer me anything. No. They offered. They offered, They said they were terminating your employment, but didn't offer you any severance. Correct. Yes, they just notified me and they said, um, we are going to wipe you off the records just because you're in limbo right now. And they said, you know, if you ever want to come back, uh, you can come back. But they didn't offer me anything, didn't sign anything, and they just uh, terminated everything. And I can confirm that because when I went to go use my benefit cards, um, it was uh, deleted. And they, But they put it in writing to you, we're terminating your, your employment. Um, they didn't send me anything. Um, my mm-hmm. service manager called me and I spoke to also the, the HR department, um, mm-hmm. after I called them, but mm-hmm. I don't believe they sent me any email. Okay. Well, the first thing that, that I would want to do here, Andres, I'd want to have it confirmed in writing, right? Because the last thing we want, would want to do here 
is, you know, take the position that you've been wrongfully dismissed only to have the employer say, oh, no, 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 this is just a misunderstanding. Um, he's on a sick leave. And that, that, th- this may actually come down to a miscommunication. So that's the first thing that we, we want to make mm-hmm. sure. Now, if they're treating you as being on a medical leave and they've decided to suspend your benefits during that time, there may not be a whole lot that we can do, but except to say that when you are able to get back to work, then they have to bring you back to work to your old job and, of course, at that point, reactivate your group benefits. But if they have terminated your employment... Uh, and they will confirm that, and they or, or there's somewhere where they've confirmed that in writing, and there's a record of employment or a termination letter or something of the like that oh, says sorry, your sorry employment. You there. They did give me my record of employment. Okay, and was it? Uh, w- do you remember the code they used on that? Man, I don't have it in front of me, but um, okay. So yeah, they, that's that's totally fine, Andre. I mean, we we just we'd want to check that, right? So, for example, if it says code D. Right, which is the code yep. we use for illness. Well, then clearly they, they just poorly communicated this to you. And what they really meant to say is we are suspending your benefits and you are on a sick leave. Right, Might not be a whole lot that we can do there. But if it says code A or code M, which yep. is indicative of a termination, then there's some real problems here, right? Then we're talking about a breach of your human rights. We're talking about breach of employment standards legislation, uh, wrongful dismissal because you are, after a couple of years, certainly owed at least, you know, a few months of your severance. So there's a whole lot to talk about there. But the first thing, the very first thing we need to do in this circumstance is get something confirmed in writing. So happy to walk that through with you off air if you want to reach out to us and we can make sure that we, first of all, see where you stand and then decide okay. how we can deal with it. Andre, appreciate it, pal. we got to run into a quick break here and get back with more. you got to help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue with the Employment Law Show. Hang in there. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back indeed. John Pincus is here, courtesy San Firo to Mark and LLP. Anytime when we're not doing this show, you can reach out to John. Always love to uh, talk to you. He's got a great team behind him as well. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to get into our topic here in, uh, in just a bit. Everything you need to know about working notice of termination. And Mark, thanks for standing by, pal. How are you tonight? Not bad. How are you? Good, man. What's on your mind? Um, you know what? I'm actually calling in regards to, uh, I was working for a union for a few years. Um, it was, it was a cold storage union. And, uh, what had happened was they, they ended up, uh, closing the warehouse that I was working at. I ended up going on long-term disability cause I, I broke my back. I was off for, it started right when the pandemic hit. And, uh, so I was off for a few years and, uh, they closed the warehouse. So they gave everybody the payout because they closed that warehouse, but the company still existed, right? And I was just wondering if, uh, because they cut my benefits off, I was wondering if uh, if there was anything that I could do about getting my benefits back, my, my, uh, my uh, what do you call it, uh, group benefits. So, Mark, if I understand it, you, you were in a unionized position? So this was, this yeah. was a position? Okay. So... When you are in a unionized position, the reality is someone like me, an employment lawyer, doesn't actually have standing to argue for you, uh, to advocate for you for any employment benefits. The union is your advocate in that place. So the only, unfortunately, the only thing I can do is say that you, you know, you 
speak with your union steward. Hopefully they can do something for you. But if they don't, as a practical matter, that's that's really the end of it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Eh? That's what I thought. Because I've been, I've been trying to get in contact with them, and they haven't really been getting back to contact with me. So I was just wondering mm-hmm. if there's anything else I could do. But that makes sense. Yep, yep. Get that question all the time. But that's yeah, that's the trade-off of... As we all always talk about, John, unions uh, definitely have some benefits while you are with them. But the moment that you lose your job, there's there's a trade-off there if they decide not to uh, do anything for you. Yeah, like you said, good way or there, but pretty weak on the back end for sure. The uh, the number that uh, we just use and you can use right now, 416-870-6400. Still got time to call in and ask your questions. Lots of time, actually. Okay, let's get to our topic, pal. Everything you need to know about working notice of termination. Uh, just the term itself, John, working notice of termination. Break it down. What does it mean? So working notice of termination means that if you are losing your job, rather than the company saying you're losing your job, you're done, pack up your stuff and go home today, they say you're losing your job, but we want you to stick around. You're losing your job and you're going to lose your job not on September the 12th. Uh, you're going to lose your job on December the 12th or September the 12th of next year. And during that time, it's going to be business as usual. And because they're doing that, that time is supposed to be used for you to start looking for another job. Might be tough when you're working full time, but the idea is that you can, you know, take time off for interviews if you need it and, uh, start, start planning for the future. And because you're getting that time, they get credit for that against your severance. And most employers can pay out most, or in some cases, all of your severance by way of simply giving you working notice, telling you that your job is going to end at a future date. Practically speaking, it's rarely done. Because for one thing, it's it's often difficult for employers to plan that far in advance. Often, by the time they've decided to let you go, you know the the restructuring is complete, or, or you know the relationship has broken down. And often, it's not a good idea for employers because if you think about it, employees who know their job is going to end probably going to have a little bit less motivation to work. Right? They still have to they still have to do their job, right? And all the standards that are required of them are still there, but are they really going to go the extra mile um, if they know their job is coming to an end? Probably not. So usually it's not a great idea for employers. Can be in certain circumstances. So. And that brings that that brings on the second question: What if that uh, you know what happens and the employee doesn't want to keep working there? For I mean, not just the fact that it's like you know, it's not the end of the the line, but they can see it from there. So the lack of motivation plus you know, there there's, could be some chatter around the office saying, this guy's going to get booted in the year. You know what I mean? What do they do in that case? Well, usually there's not much that they can do uh, unless they have a good reason at law. So it's the same analysis for anyone who wants to leave their job, right? If you want to leave your job because you're not motivated, you don't like someone at work, you're not getting along with someone at work, you don't like the direction the company is going, there's been a minor change in your duties and you're not a huge fan of, generally that's going to be a voluntary resignation, which means you don't get entitled, uh, typically you don't get entitled to your severance. If you have a good reason for uh, for leaving, so for example, they say, yeah, we're going to give you 12 months of working notice, but instead of having a corner office, we're going to have you working in the janitor's closet. Well, that's probably a good reason to leave, in which case you could collect your severance despite being given working notice. You got to be careful because it's not always that obvious, right? The examples I gave were pretty obvious because those are the ones that, that uh, are, are easiest to understand. But often it's a gray area. In fact, most of the time it's a gray area, and that's why you need to speak to a lawyer if you're thinking of doing that. Does the employer, you mentioned, you know, it could be uh, this September, next September, does the employer have to pay additional severance at the end of notice period? What's the criteria to do so? 
Well, often they do, you know, the, at, at its most basic level. If the notice period they've given is too short, then they're going to owe you severance at the end of that. So if you go on the severance pay calculator and you see you're owed six months pay and your employer gives you two months working notice, because typically if an employer gives working notice, it's usually not for an extended period of time, unless it's a really long-standing relationship and there's a lot of trust, a lot of mutual trust there. Usually the, any working notice period is going to be pretty short. So chances are... Uh, they're probably going to owe you more over and above that, even though they get credit for that working notice. And the other thing is that they have to pay statutory severance if they're if they uh, have a payroll of over two and a half million, uh, and you've been employed there for over five years. Not to be confused with your total severance entitlement, which does not require either of those things. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. We'll continue our topic here in just a bit. Want to get uh, Carlos on the uh, on the line. If we can. Carlos, how are you, pal? What's going on tonight? Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I just want to ask a question. Sure. Uh, regarding, uh, it's not for me, it's for my brother. He's 55 years old. We've been working in the same company for about around 32 years, something like that. Wow. And uh, he was a forklift operator, and about, I don't know, eight years ago or five years, I'm not really sure. He's just now... Uh, he doesn't know how to read or write, so he's just uh, picking up garbage around the, the, you know, the office and the factory there. Mm-hmm. And they're hinting that they might let him go because he's been telling me, you know, I told him not to sign anything, but they're, I don't know, hinting. What would be his severance? After 32 years, 55 years old as, as a he's forklift operator? He's not in, 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 he's not And in, he's non-unionized. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a there's a pretty wide range that would apply to someone like that. I would say anywhere between kind of 18 to 24 months. And I know that's a wide range, but it really depends. Uh, I think that, you know, if, you're, if your brother's uh, illiterate, uh, might limit his employment opportunities. So that might inch that closer to the higher end of the range, maybe more in the 20 to 24-month range of entitlement. So if he is let go... Uh, and there's really no need to speak to us until that actually happens. But if he is let go, Carlos, I want you to call me. Let me know. John will give you the contact information. We'll review his severance package. He can't be forced to sign anything on the spot. He should, especially after so many years, if he's let go, he should definitely 100% speak with a lawyer. Yeah, uh, I just, I've been telling him, don't sign nothing. That's right. Could, That's the right advice. They're yeah. encouraging him to, to sign something, but I said, don't sign anything. He doesn't want to read or write, like I said. 55. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll just, uh, yeah, if you give me your contact and then uh, I'll just make a note on my book and then in case, I'm not sure, but in case if something happens, he doesn't yep. know anyone and I'll just uh, pass, I'll, uh, ta- I'll contact you regarding that. You got it, Carlos. And again, here's that uh, that number you're going to reach out to if it uh, comes to that time, one 821 Again, one 855 821-5900. You also have the option of help at employmentlawyer.ca. So we'll see what uh, what comes of that in just a little bit. Uh, we're talking about uh, our main topic here tonight. If you're just joining us for this half hour, everything you need to know about uh, notice of termination. How much notice should an employee be getting? Is there a, a, a bar, low, high? What do you think, Johnny? 
Well, we're looking at age, we're looking at position, we're looking at years of service, and we're looking at rate of compensation, right? So, for example, in, in Carlos' case, in his brother's case, rather, uh, the tenure is going to be, of course, the biggest factor there. Now, why is this someone who may not be entitled to 24 months pay? Uh, arguably, it might be less than 24 months pay because um, it's a lower uh, position. But we really look at anything, right? So uh, illiteracy is something that may be a barrier in many in many jobs. The timing of termination pregnancy at the time of termination, geographic location, any impediment uh, that might stop them from getting something comparable. But where's the, the best place to start? Severance Pay Calculator, right? www.severancepaycalculator.com and you can get a sense of where your severance entitlements may be and you give us a call and we can get into more detail about that. If somebody, uh, an employee's on a uh, you know working notice period, maybe more than like a couple, three months, four months, but if it's lengthy or anything over six months, during that time, can the employer change any terms of the employment? Nothing significant, right? I mean, like any like any other time, if they're making very minor changes, you know, we're changing our benefits carrier, we want you to do one more task that takes another 10 minutes on Fridays, those things an employer has some discretion of doing. But the, your compensation, your working conditions, your geographic location, those things generally should not change. And if they do change, there may be a basis for you to treat it as a constructive dismissal if you have been so advised by a lawyer, right? So just make sure you speak to a lawyer. And by the way, the obligations of you are the same as an employee as well, right? You still got to show up. You still got to do your job. You still got to complete your duties and you can engage in misconduct. Uh, so you should treat it as business as usual. Can an employee be terminated for cause during that notice period? I guess it depends if they really mess things up, right? Right. So, so to that very point, right? Uh, uh, yes, an employee can be terminated for cause, but it's rare, right? It's no different than the standard for cause during employment. It's not enough for you to, to have, you know, simply messed up. You have to have done something really, really egregious. So we're not talking about poor performance or an argument with your manager. We're talking about things like theft fraud, major dishonesty, engaging in serious, uh, you know, deliberate conflicts of interest, right? But from my, in my experience, the vast, vast, vast majority of cause allegations do not hold up. So that is, if anything, probably the number one time you need to call an employment lawyer. If an employer is making an allegation of cause, it's a very serious allegation, very difficult call to hold up. That's the time you call an employment lawyer. And we're just about uh, done for time today. We're back in tomorrow, same time as well. Lior will be appearing at that time. John's going to take his leave, but he's always there for you to reach out by phone and ask your questions uh, that particular way. The number one 855 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we did refer to it a couple times on the show today. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca covers a lot of what we talk about on the show. It's free. It's anonymous for you to use anytime. And you'll have access as well for the severance calculator. Again, at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll do it all over again starting tomorrow at 6.30 right here. Enjoy your night. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.